Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend, the apple of my eye, the mixtress, DC Gina. Hi, Louise. How are you? Hi, lovely. How are you? I'm good. I'm sitting in an empty bar. The breeze is blowing, not a guest in sight. <laughs> but is it, it's nice and breezy, though? That's good. Yeah, and there's On no a hot children. summer day? Yeah. Oh, well, well yeah. the air conditioner is set to 68, so it's breezy in here. <laughs> <laughs> the bits are cold. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really into the streeteries, although I'm, I appreciate the mayor for that. There you go. Well, you know, you such do. is life. So I have some fun, fruity facts for you today. Are you excited? Yes. <laughs> so, Gina, did you know that apples, peaches, and raspberries are all members of the rose family? No. Oh, look That's at that. That's cool. I love when I got something you don't know. It doesn't happen often. Um, and then speaking of apples, uh, you know why they float? Because they are 25% air. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, and then uh, pineapple? So do you know the pineapple actually, the pineapple plant only produces a single fruit annually? That I knew. Do you know they kind of grow up upside down? I didn't know that. When I moved to Hawaii, I had no idea how they grew. I I literally, they could have grown grown on a tree and I wouldn't have known. Uh, (laughs) Like a bush. Exactly. Um, And then, which brings me to one of my favorites, the little strawberry. And, you know, actually, it's not a strawberry. I mean, it's not a berry, but bananas and pineapple, speaking of are berries it's because before scientists like really defined what a berry was things were being called berries but yeah it has to do with the the softness of its flesh and i don't know anyway but all i know is from my research anyway so says the googles a strawberry is not a berry and then one last uh, well and then this one's kind of surprised me cantaloupe is actually the most popular melon in the united states I found, I, I guess I don't eat cantaloupe very often. It's not my favorite. Melon. I love it. So I, I love like, your melons, so. though. I feel like that's real. <laughs> and then speaking of melons, the honeydew. Yeah. Um, do you know it was um, considered like a sacred food by the ancient Egyptians and actually was one of the uh, favorite by both Pope John Paul II as well as Napoleon. I did not know they that They like their melons. <laughs> Now I feel like I'm going to have to make a drink, you know, call the holy Egyptian or something. I don't know. There yet. you go. Something. There you go. And it, oh, I'll, I'm up for that one. I really do like honeydew. So anyway, so speaking of a jackfruit of many trades, let's introduce today's designated drinker. You like how I pulled that together? Yeah. Uh, Shelly, she is an Instagram coach, a garden center mastermind, a brick and mortar marketing specialist, and the VP of her family's business, Nalls Produce. She is none other than Valerie Nalls. Welcome to the show, Valerie. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Boy, what an act to follow. I feel like I need all sorts of fun facts now. Like I didn't know any of those. You got me on all of them. So that is not true. Oh, so that means I could have just been lying and everyone's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Luis, you know it all. No, it's called the Googles. <laughs> I love that though. Such a fun, such a fun thing. Hi, Valerie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Gina. Gina. So excited. Uh, this, uh, this so, uh, just so our listeners know, Valerie and Gina are good friends. They've known each other for a bit. Yeah. 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 Yes. 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 Yeah. For like almost eight years now. 
I know we were babies, pre-children. Yeah. Yes. Pre-children. <laughs> that's right. Gosh, I could just go back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so a long time family business, it's always really interesting because it's, it's almost seems like a, it, it's funny as it's kind of how our country is built, but it's something that's kind of lost. It's, it's, uh, it's it lost through time almost. So tell us what it's like to be a part of a family owned business. Um, I don't like my family enough to do it. I, I'd be like, it, no, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's freaking amazing. And it's freaking hard. That's what, that's, that's what it is. Um, you know, I've got two young kids and it is incredible for them to get to spend so much time with me at work and with my folks at work and to be able to create just a, just a really amazing family environment for my kids and, uh, it is a blessing as I age, you know, and as I see friends around me losing their parents, you know, losing siblings, uh, to be able to spend so much time with, with my family is amazing. Um, but it's freaking hard too, because right. Like you're Absolutely. with them 24 seven and it's this whole extra dynamic, right? Like Thanksgiving dinner, it, it's really easy to still be mad about that, that idea that got shut down a week yeah. prior, you know? Yeah. So, but the good's way better than the bad. I, I'm, I'm blessed with a really awesome family that we all have our, our own specialty and our own niche. And we have done the dance to figure out what that is and where everybody's best fit is. Um, so that makes it so much easier getting there though. That took, it took a minute. And that's why I feel like there's not that many family businesses coming up now because you got to get through, you got to get through the suck before you get to the awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's true with all life. I think that's great words of wisdom to share through like all life. (laughs) Right. You got to get through the suck. And once you get through the suck, it's yeah, you're in good shape. (laughs) Um, but you're, you have to start off with a good family that actually doesn't suck in order for that to happen. And I seem to like, I seem to like a lot of members of your family. So, right. And spouses. So I feel like you're in a good sitch. Yeah, I am. I am in a good sitch. (laughs) I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. Tell us about the family business. So I work with my folks at our almost 60 year old garden center and fresh produce market right outside of DC. Um, My dad started when he was a kid with his grandfather who has since passed away, but they started like raising a little garden on the side of the road and selling what they were raising in their garden. And then they started going into the market in DC, which is where Gina works now. Um, they would go over to the wholesale market and buy a couple of cases of stuff to add to what they grew. And then they'd sell out of that. So then they'd add a little bit more. And this is all the while, while my dad's in like elementary school, middle school, high school and um, garden center stuff came a little later. And now it's a, you know, we're in a, we're in a good place. We're like a, a staple in the community here and it's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. So how did you find a space when you, cause it was, it, it wasn't your initial plan. Am I right to go into, sure. how did it end up coming about? Right. So I worked here, I worked at the shop through high school and when it was time to go away to college, my plan always was to go away to school and to major in plant science. 
Like I love oh. the garden center aspects. Yeah, right. I love the garden center aspects here, but I really love the laboratory. I was just like total science geek. And I thought it'd be really, really cool to get into like breeding and plant development. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So that was my master plan. I was going to go away. Uh, but my grandfather died really suddenly um, right at the end of my senior year of high school. And uh, I kind of felt like my world was turned upside down. And I decided I would not go away to school right out of high school, that I would stay local, go to a local school and just take my prereqs, right? And then the elusive transfer would come, would, would come my way. Yeah. I uh, well in in the meantime, I started dating my now husband and I got a car payment and I got more and more responsibility here at the shop. And I loved it. Like I I really enjoyed it. And the thought of moving away to go to school for something that wasn't doing exactly what I was doing right then, I, it didn't feel like the right time. It didn't feel right, like the right move. So interesting. Yeah. And then right about then the economy tanked. So <laughs> there were no jobs, yeah. right? There, there were no jobs and um, there, the economy tanked here and the business wasn't doing well. And I kind of felt a sense of, of um, empowerment to kind of get my hands dirty and really get in and work the business with my folks because it was, it was time to save it. It was, it was I, not that I could do that single-handedly, but sure. it, it, the recession was rough. And I really felt like I... I could help and that I wanted to help them. I wanted, I wanted the company to make it through that. And, um, that the way I did that was stay on. That's awesome. That's it, it's amazing. I mean, it's, <clears throat> I mean, not that you hit the recession, of course not, but sure. how, um, how life just presented itself to you. Like this was the timing of all of these things. Um, and, and I'm sure it's through hindsight that you can put it together now, but, it's amazing how those things just happen and, and how it really does alter your course. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One little change can change everything. Absolutely. I will say this is the first, Gina, this is definitely, I think, has to be the very first episode of the Designated Drinker Show where we have a random rooster crowing in the back. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, <she> heard it. <laughs> the best. You have to go there. It's awesome. I know. I wish we could. If it weren't for COVID, we'd be there with her and that there'd be random cock just running around <laughs> okay so i think what we're saying here is that you can take a visit and you can see all the beautiful things but my favorite thing that lives on the farm or the, the it's a farm right can we call it a farm what do you call it just a dog I mean, kind of it's a farmette right and yeah a farmette a farmette is that a real awesome. thing what's it's there's a pig. What's the pig's yeah. name? Pig's name is Penny. I love Aww. her. Penny, Penny, Penny the pig. She's a teacup pig. She's turning nine this summer. Wow. And pre-COVID, we would have a birthday party for her, and we would get on average like 500 people to a pig's birthday party. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Right? I don't even get 500 people to my birthday party. <laughs> 500? How about five? Five is exactly. a lot of people for me. <laughs> exactly. So how long, how old does a, a, a teacup piglet live? 
What's the life I'm expectancy af- of a pig? I'm afraid to do the Google search. Okay. I'm afraid, we- right? She's uh, turning I nine. Guess, yeah, I, I guess I think it'd be longer than a dog. I have dogs, so, you yeah. know, but. So tell me, how did Penny come to the farm? Uh, or to the farmette, if that's a real right? thing. So I got her on Craigslist, probably probably like a black market for for farm animals because oh I don't she probably shouldn't be out she probably shouldn't have been on Craigslist but oh I certainly God. found her on Craigslist and it was love at first sight Aww. and yes she's been a spoiled rotten little piglet ever since though so when she, she set was out little... to be a pet though like yes. your pet it was just going to be a yes. oh interesting yeah. how fun yep and when we got her she was little little like I'm talking like loaf of bread like Aww. little and she lived indoors with me. You know, they'll use a litter box. It's amazing. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I know they're very clean animals, so that makes sense. Yep. Absolutely. We'll use a litter box. So she lived indoors with me. She would crawl up on your lap, uh, like never, like not make big messes. She was pretty awesome. But then she was just getting too big. She didn't want to <laughs> be indoors. She wanted to go outside and explore and so we built her up. She's pen. like, I now gotta she- be a pig, Val. I gotta yeah. be a pig. Let a pig be a pig. So <laughs> now she has visitors all the time. And yes, she's very spoiled. Very she- spoiled. So I've heard that pigs are smarter than most dogs. Do you find that to be true? Oh my gosh, yes. So when she was a piglet, when she was a piglet and indoors, I did not leave her water out all the time because she would knock it over. So oh. Yeah, she would oh, like, jerk. I guess their rooting instinct. Yeah, that makes totally sense. like <laughs> I had to clean up water all the time. So I put her water up high and every couple hours I'd go set her water down. She'd get a drink, right? Well, she kept going in the bathroom where I'd put her water out and scooting the metal trash can all around the floor. And this is when she was like, I don't know, two months old, like she was little. And so I'd go in and I'd be like, Penny, knock it off, knock it off. It's loud, it's obnoxious. While I was in there, what do you think I did while I was in there? I set her water down. I'm in there anyway. Ah, she trained you so well. So quick without me even knowing it, without me even knowing it. She would just go right in, knock the trash can around when she was thirsty and get her drink. Yep. Yep. So smart. So smart. I have a puppy at that point. They'd still be peeing on the floor. Hey, now, hold on. <laughs> my, uh, I was going to say, my la- I have two lab puppies, um, and they are not the neatest water drinkers. So I understand picking up, cleaning up water off the floor all the time. But my little black lab is super smart, and we taught her to ring the bell when she needed to go potty. So at nine weeks, she understood the whole concept, like ring, 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 and she opened the door. But now she rings the bell for when she wants something. And I'm like, so she realizes that she gets my attention when she rings the bell. And it could be that she wants water or she wants to eat or she wants me to pay attention to her. I'm like, stop it. She's got me so well trained. She rings those those damn bells and I turn and she gets my attention every time. A little jerk. That little stinker. Yeah. So tell me about the center. Tell me about um, and our listeners. What would we expect? Okay. So we sell the garden center. Uh, it- it's on like five acres. So it's not like a little tiny corner lot. It's it's on like five acres. Yeah. And we're in the suburbs, certainly not rural here. It's probably 20 minutes into the city. So it's yeah, because you're only like 10 minutes for me. Yeah. Right. Right yeah. around. the. You wouldn't expect a five acre 
pig no. and chicken and <laughs> lots of plants garden center there. So uh, we've got, you know, we sell vegetable plants and herbs and flowers, mulch and soil, trees, shrubs. So uh, right now, one of the big draws is milkweed. If you've heard of the milkweed craze. Mm-hmm. So milkweed is what monarch butterflies lay eggs on. Oh. Monarch butterflies are the orange and black ones yes. that were endangered or like somewhat limited, right? Like they were endangered or something, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> however it was like limited numbers. Well, it was because there wasn't a lot of this milkweed and milkweed is the only thing that they lay eggs on. Oh, so, interesting. Right. So you get milkweed, you plant it in your yard and then you watch for it you'll get a monarch come lay eggs and you get these very hungry caterpillars that Mm -hmm. will mow down your milkweed and you can watch them go through the whole life cycle process. So that's cool. So all these families with kids at home, like what a fun activity and to talk about life cycle and helping, helping endangered species. And um, it's really, really cool. So So let me ask you this. Do, the, sure. do those little tiny little larvae that take out that milkweed, do they also attack anything else? Is it safe to put in your, like, mm-hmm. rest of your garden? They just yeah, like the totally, milkweed? That's the only thing they'll eat. Interesting. That's the only thing they'll eat. That's and that's really why cool. they became endangered. Because the farmers on, on, they would grow naturally around the edges of fields. Mm-hmm. And it got mowed down. Gotcha. It's the only thing that monarchs will lay eggs on. If there's no milkweed, there's no monarchs. Got it. So when I lived on Andrews Air Force Base, when we first moved to the D.C. area, um, there was must have been a lot of milkweeds because mm. we had a lot of monarch butterflies in the spring, especially. I think it was a spring. We'd have a cr- I, I'd never seen so many butterflies in like in the U.S. anyway. Um, wow. And one actually landed on my other black lab's nose, which was one of the funniest moments of my life because she just stood there and she went cross-eyed because she didn't know what the hell just landed on her nose. <laughs> <laughs> it only lasted That's for like a few seconds but it was cute so right just long so, enough for you to get your phone out and not get a picture yeah I didn't even try I just right. enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> so how um so you also have like obviously produce how has yes. our unfortunate space of COVID affected you gosh um so we have gotten a an influx of customers, both, both new and returning because we're a small place. We have the doors open. We've had really pretty progressive procedures in place from early on. Uh, So we're hearing from the community that they can come and feel safe, that they can come and feel uh, like they are supporting a small business, like they're supporting their neighbor. And uh, it's, it, it's been it's it's been okay for us, you know. We know that there's a lot of the year left, uh, and and we are uh, very aware that it's an ever evolving situation. But it's been we've we've been happy to be able to provide that for the community, you know, a place where they can go and, and feel safe. And you know, we're so small that we can open the front door and the back door and have a cross breeze, and you know, it doesn't feel stuffy, it doesn't feel confined, it doesn't feel too crowded um so and and on the garden center side everybody's everybody's redoing their landscape everybody's growing their own tomatoes and herbs so it's actually been a very busy spring for us and 
and um, we're not grateful for the circumstances, but we are grateful that, that we have, that we can offer this and that we're okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it, it, to your point, it is a service to the community. Um, and there is no harm in that, obviously. I mean, it's a, to applaud your efforts, but you, but you, you were quick to act and you were um, able to pivot um, to allow for this to grow. It's just not like it's just happened, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been, it's been years in the making. It's been having good lines of communication with our customers, having um, a good web presence from the get-go. We didn't have a big learning curve of how do we communicate with our, our customers digitally because they're not in the store for us to talk to all the time. Um, learning how to do a Facebook Live, a lot of places they had never done one before. So if they're trying to announce new policies or uh, what to expect when you come and shop, they were having to not only pivot, but learn how to get that message out there to their to their customers. And thank goodness, you know, it's been it's been years in the making for us. So we already have these lines of communication with our customers and um, they look for that. So we yeah, it's been a long time coming. I'm sure I'm sure it's not an overnight by any means. Um, Sure. With um, some of the recent changes, obviously, the things that you've had to do um, as a business because of COVID, are any of those things that you think that you would may have not done otherwise and actually are changing your business model at all for the positive? You know, we've been doing, we've been doing pickup orders. You've been doing curbside orders. And that was something that was never on our radar before, but we are finding that there, there is a, a level of service that we can offer doing those curbside orders that you can't in just a regular face-to-face transaction. So I feel like those, I feel like those curbside orders might be around for quite some time. It's it's nice pampering. You're like, I don't even have to get out of my car. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if they have special requests, we're able to better take care of those special requests with a little bit of lead time on those on those curbside orders instead of having to to kind of um, address them right there when they're in the shop. So, yeah, it's been it's been OK. So I'm going to quit like hammering with questions, Valerie. And why don't we uh, make a cocktail? Damn it, Gina. Yes. Yes. Ladies, it is cocktail time. Little stress reliever right now. Sounds like a plan, right? Absolutely. Love it. So we're going to. So Valerie um, has in her store, which when you walk in on the front entrance and on your right hand side, there's a wall of jams, jellies, mixers, elixirs, honeys, little trinkets ramp salt just in case you needed that that's local all kinds of wonderful um delicacies and and farm to the table kind of foods pickles uh, okra i mean forget it you you could spend a fortune just on the one wall and never leave it (laughs) including echinaceas and things to make you feel better if you have a cold whatever it's a real apothecary of um epicurious and 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 wellness, okay? Nice. That makes sense? Well said. Well said, Gina. Yes, well said, Gina. <laughs> I will, I'll just do the infomercials for Nulls Produce. So, <laughs> so, because being COVID and I haven't been able to get out there, and I apologize, I do have a jam today. And I asked all of my, uh, all of you, not mine, all of you, to bring a jam to the show. What did you bring? Or okay. jelly? 
I brought strawberry jalapeno. Oh, I can't wait to have it. So Look. a little spicy, a little sweet. Love it. Who makes that? Me. But, and I want everybody to know that. So Valerie is also, so they also produce their own jams, jellies, and lines. So Nalls is like, just go there. It is, it's the best. All right, so we're Gina's gonna use your jalapeno strawberry. Gene is definitely the infomercial. <laughs> homemade, homemade strawberry lavender that I made. And Ooh. what are you gonna use, Louise? So I have my favorite, it is a uh, red pepper jelly. I okay. love it on um, like cheese trays. It's really nice because it's a little sweet and a little spicy. So it seemed like it lined up with um, the strawberry jalapeno. All right, perfect. So we're gonna, so today, so let me, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and just kind of move you down so you can, everyone can see my, my little, my little bar. Um, <laughs> let's get rid of two of these to get this out of your way. All right, so we're basically, essentially we're gonna make today is a daiquiri. And I have a daiquiri glass and you can do this drink on the rocks, in a rocks glass. You could serve this in a wine glass. Really, any kind of vessel, as long as it holds an alcoholic beverage, is okay during COVID, right? Exactly. So, what we're gonna do, yeah. um, the first thing that we're gonna do is measure. You're gonna take your jigger, or you could take a measuring cup, and you're gonna pour two ounces of white rum or rum of some sort. And I'm Tina, using how Bacardi. Do you, how do you know when to grab a white rum or a dark rum? Uh, technically, in uh, a daiquiri, you want to use some sort of rum, avricole, or white rum. So we're just going traditional. I mean, gotcha. I love dark rums, but I like to make those into more of a tea punch drink where you're using that, bitters, and a sugar cane. Gotcha. Thank you. Uh, Products, you know, like sugar cane juice or something. Yeah. All right, so we're going to pour this into our shaker tin. Are you there, Val? I'm here. You good? Keep going. And we're gonna open, the next thing we're gonna do is open our, whoops, I'm gonna knock over my drink almost, I did not. We're gonna open our jelly and you're gonna spoon one ounce of your jammer jelly into, and just one ounce, really measure it if you need to, into, and that would be two bar spoons of um, the jammer jelly into your shaker tin. It doesn't, don't worry if it's a little bit clumpy, it'll come out when you strain it. Okay. So this is our sugar. So if we were making a traditional daiquiri, you would have two ounces of um, your spirit and you would have one ounce of fresh lime juice and you would have a half an ounce to an ounce of a simple syrup or cane, sugar, or whatever you wanted to use. So we're just replacing the jam and you can use any jam that you love for that um, sugar replacement. The next thing you're gonna do is take one whole lime and you're gonna cut it you're gonna cut it in half and you basically wanna have a nice smooth side and you're gonna put it into your juicer, hand juicer, or you don't have one at home, you can just take a fork and you can just squeeze it on the inside and over the top and be very old school um, Caesar salad Italian restaurant, 1967. <laughs> and then we're gonna do that again for the other half and that'll give you just about an ounce of lime juice, maybe an ounce and a quarter, but that's okay because we're using something a little bit sweeter today. So prior to, um, so if you're gonna do your drink on ice, at this point, you're gonna add the ice to your glass. And if you're going to chill a glass, we're gonna add the ice to our glass to do that as well. So we're going to put this in the glass, leave it. And then we are going to fill up our shaker tin three quarters of the way full of ice. Cap it. 
And whenever we're all there, everyone's there? Almost, just a little behind you. Sorry. You're just the professional, that's all. <laughs> I'm just thinking all the money I'm losing for not going this fast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Again, I'll Okay. Ready? Yeah. Let's start to shake. Valerie, two hands. Two hands. All right. Two hands as hard as you can. I'm this shaking my dress so right off planned. of me. <laughs> All right. If your shaker tin is nice and cold, your drink is ready. So you see in there, you have a nice frothy um, cocktail. So we're going to toss this ice. We're going uh, Gina, to... I need some help. I can't get it off. <laughs> so you're going to bang on the side that has the more room. Harder. Oh, there we go. It's starting. Okay. So now there you're going to take your strainer top, put it on top of your drink, and you're going to strain it. Some people might have an extra um, little strainer at home that you can use. And if you don't, doesn't matter. Are you ready? Ready. Yep, I'm double straining. We're pouring it in. It looks so good. So when you have a jam or jelly and you are using a double strainer, you're gonna have it when it starts to sit on top like that. One thing you can do is literally just take something and you wanna knock it right here and it'll start to go in. Or you can put a spoon in there if you want, but that kind of pushes the seeds through. So when it comes to jams or jelly drinks like this, I just like to give it a little help by just tapping, gentle tapping motion. All right. So now we have our daiquiri, right? So you just made yourself a, a proper jam rum daiquiri. And you're more than welcome to garnish it with a little lime wheel if you want, or nothing at all, but I like a little compliment of color. Where are we at, Val? I'm good. All right. Mm, smells delicious. Let me get you back to Hold where I up. can see everybody. Sorry. All right, cheers. Super easy. Mm. Three ingredients, one of which is your favorite at home, and you can pick whatever you want, or you can go to Nalls, and Valerie has dozens and dozens you can choose from. This one's delish. It is delish. You know what? I, I love that you're surprised. It's so good. And it's this is one of my favorite jellies. I never thought about having it in a cocktail, and it's Ever. so good. So good. Valerie, this is the first time you use a jelly in a cocktail? Yeah. Oh my gosh, what? we need to like do something at the, um, at Nall's and one day and just be like, um, this is how you can use the jellies in a cocktail. Cause I bet you it's, people never think of it cause they buy these things and they're like, what am I going to do with it once I open it? Well, you can use it in a different way. You know, you know I have uh, some, um, some spicy peach, um, jelly that is this exactly to your point. I never know other than on a cheese tray, what to do with it. It would make for a delicious cocktail. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Easy for the margarita to switch out for tequila. Just do tequila, lime and a jelly. Just no Cointreau. When you use a jelly, it'll be way too sweet. Like it'll be yeah. just off the charts. So and you don't need to have a fully stocked kitchen to make this work. You know, no. you don't need, you just need, it's like regular pantry stuff. It's not like, uh, you don't need a mixer. No. And also, you know, one, one thing I, I have to say is like, you know, right now everyone's taking, giving a lot of takeouts. So you're getting a lot of containers. 
So if you just save one of those quart or pint containers you're getting, you don't have to have a shaker set, just something that has a nice like closed lid. Snapware works really well um, and you shake it up. And when you're using something like plastic to shake your cocktail, you just need to shake it a little bit longer. You know, you know the, the, the tins or the shaker sets really help chill the cocktail faster. The other way it takes a little bit more elbow grease. Oh, well, then you get like a workout. It's like double whammy. You get like a really great cocktail and a workout at the same time. And if it's you like did a like a dance, plate, you could. Yeah, exactly. If you got a little dance going, hey, Gina, I think that's our million dollar idea right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we're going to do. That's what we're doing for 2021. You get your own designated drinker uh, drink set. I love yeah, it. It's like, like your to your point. It's like a shake weight or weight. Shake, what is it? Shake weight? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shake weight. You're right. I'm just going to drink some more. <laughs> So for I mean, this recipe, where are they going to go, Gina? To designateddrinker.show. Wait, what? Did you get that, Valerie? What'd you say, Gina? Designateddrinker.show. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yes, and we're going to have all Gina's tips and tricks and how-tos on how to make this cocktail, as well as all the cocktails that we've had in every episode before this. And, and we'll personal definitely have... advice from Louise. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. Um, <laughs> and then we'll also have um, a link to uh, Nall's produce so that they, everyone who, in the area who's lucky enough to be able to take a little um, journey out to your place, which, like to your points, less than 20 minutes from downtown D.C. Um, and especially, I mean, where else do we have to go now? It's COVID, for fuck's sake. We can't even go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can go see Penny the pig and see wild cocks running around. Uh, and also buy the most beautiful plants, palm trees, you know, while you're, you're doing all that hydrangeas. I mean, I could just go on and on. I just bought palm trees. So for yes. um, suburbia and they're stunning and people are taking pictures with them and they're like, where did you get them? I'm like, Nulls. And they're like, what's that? So I feel like we need to tag a little, if you like what you see, you can get it at this place because <laughs> we can't even be asking, answering any more questions at suburbia about them. I do love yeah. when they take pictures with them though. Oh, anyway. which, which means you definitely have to have your branding there so that it's in every picture. <laughs> yeah, like a little placard or something attached to the tray. You too anyway, can have me. Anyway, is it my time? Okay, it's your turn, Gina. It's your turn. Okay. What you got? All right. So this is so this is so hard, and I'm so glad that we mentioned um, Penny. So in this day and age, um, you know, everybody identifies themselves with some sort of spirited animal, and you may identify yourself with the raccoon because it is a little bit sneaky, and they are they can live through anything, and they can always change their you know eating environment or wherever on the fly, right? If you could be one spirit, spirit ingredient, whether it be food or cocktails, what would it be and why? <laughs> Good night. I love, um, I love the fact that doing these on Zoom, we get to see, pe everyone can see people's faces when you yeah. ask this question. It's priceless. <laughs> if you can be one spirit or cocktail, what would you be? Like a like an ingredient, so it doesn't have to be yeah. like liquor. It could be anything. It could be you could be salt. It could be whatever you want. Well, lime juice naturally. Okay, it makes everything amazing and um, versatile. It can go in your it can go in your tequila drinks. It can go in your rum drinks. It can go in your in your kids stuff. Right, easy accessible. And always like not has not the star of the show, right? A really, really good supporting cast member. 
I'll take it. Ah, that is a great <laughs> identifying. For, I love that. That's <laughs> Best answer. It's awesome. The rum. Oh, yes. It's the rum. <laughs> Perfect. On that note, we take another sip and a cheers. Absolutely. Cheers, cheers. to that. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. To learn more about HCOA or to find out about Missing Link's other podcasts, head over to missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.